Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right now, it is college football, the new second release of the college football playoff rankings come out tonight after Georgia smacked Tennessee and Alabama and Clemson lost, among other things, over the weekend. So a lot to go through with our next guest. It's Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com, CBS Sports HQ, and a frequent guest on this show. Barrett, it is Andrew. As always, good to talk to you. How are you today? I'm good, Andrew. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I will do my best not to ask, or you know what? I'm just going to ask it. Uh, is Jacob DeGrom going to be an Atlanta Brave sometime soon? <laughs> and will me as a Met fan have to dislike him and them and you? Oh, well, I, you don't dislike me already, Andrew? No, I, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Alex Anthopoulos is going to do that. I, I think that they're comfortable. They, they don't need to spend that kind of money on the pitching staff, especially if Soroka comes back healthy. So uh, I, I would love it, but I also understand if he wants to invest elsewhere and I have all my trust in Alex Anthopoulos at this point. Yeah, as as you should. Um, so we'll put my baseball fears aside, and we'll get to college football. <laughs> uh, obviously, Georgia's going to be number one tonight. Who should be number two in your mind? Oh, it should be Ohio State. Uh, I think that last weekend against Northwestern, notwithstanding, you know, they've proven that they're a complete team and fixed their problem. You know, defensively, they've actually been really solid. If you want to make a case for Michigan, I'd hear it. I'd listen to it. I think that we're all, we're all sort of programmed to put Ohio State number two just because I think the upside offensively is there, and they've shown that. So that's why I would put them at number two. But in terms of consistency, Michigan is pretty darn consistent, and I think more importantly, Michigan knows its identity. And – uh, they've they've coached to that and recruited to that. So, look, I, I think it's going to be one or the other. If it's me and in my CBS 131 ballot, which went out yesterday, I I would put Ohio State two and Michigan three. But I'll tell you, I, I debated myself on that one. There's no doubt. Yeah, and I'm usually a just-win kind of guy like that. It might be ugly, might be 
unexpected, the result, or it's tighter than we thought. Just, But if you get the win, you get the win, and that's normally good enough for me. But I, but watching Ohio State Northwestern on Saturday in the bad weather, that wasn't, I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't awful, awful, awful. I found myself more annoyed by Ohio State seeming to be bothered so much by the conditions and by Northwestern, where I normally would have just given them credit for getting the win as ugly as it was. But I found myself wanting to hold that performance against them more than I normally would have. Yeah, I understand that. But I will go on the other side, Andrew. I will say last week it was far more important if a team looked ugly than it is this week because you're going to see some variation of Georgia, uh, Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, Michigan, right? Uh, let's just take TCU, for example. The committee knocked them for digging themselves into holes consistently. After what happened last weekend and the dominoes falling all around the world of college football – that probably will be used as a positive this mm. week because they consistently do that. And so, yeah, style points, I get it with Ohio State, I, and I agree with you. It was, it was like they were living in a different world. Um, now, granted, 50-mile-an-hour winds and rain seems like a different world for me down in the south right Fair. now. But, yeah. uh, but, but I understand where you're coming from. I just think this week, based on the way the landscape has sort of shifted in college football, it's far less of a concern than it would have been this time last week. So let's get to TCU. Are they number four by default because they're unbeaten, or they do, do they really deserve to be in that four spot? They deserve to be in that four spot because, again, like think of what happened consistently. They dig themselves holes, and they find a way to get out of it. That is, that's our identity, and that's a mark of a champion. Not necessarily the champion, but champions have to do that. And if you look at the other teams that might be vying for that spot, Tennessee didn't dig itself out of a hole. It, in fact, it looked like it had no chance to. Now, granted, Georgia's a lot better than every other team that TCU's faced, but still, it looked like it was not able to adjust. TCU adjusts. And I think they do it in a variety of different ways, too, which is sometimes they come back through the air. We've seen Max Duggan light it up last week against Texas Tech. It was a ground game. It was, it was ground and pound. They wore Texas Tech down. So I think, yeah, TCU deserves to be there. Is it by default? I would say no, just because the teams behind them, or who we think is going to be behind them, have faults that they haven't been able to overcome, no matter who the opponent is. So uh, I, I think, this, again, it's just sort of the, the shifting landscape of the season, which is why I love college football, because you can't define – what makes an elite team until the season's over with? Because you don't know what an elite team is until the season's over with. Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com, HQ, the entire family with us here on CBS Sports Radio, writer than you on this Tuesday morning. What's the more likely scenario when we get to the actual final official reveal that we're dealing with a one-loss Pac-12 champion Oregon or an unbeaten Big 12 champ TCU? I think the more likely scenario is a one-loss Pac-12 champion, Oregon. As much as I like TCU, I think that the Big 12 is so – I wouldn't say deep in terms of elite teams, but, man, there are seven teams that can can upset anybody, and they're going to face one of them, no matter who it is, in the Big 12 championship game. That's going to be tough. I think the, 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 the gap between Oregon and everybody else is just immense in the Pac-12. If they play USC, I don't care how good Caleb Williams is. Bo Nix is going to be the better quarterback, at least in terms of this season. If they play Utah, 
I don't care how good Utah's defense is. Their offense is still sort of a, uh, a work in progress right now, and, and injuries kind of have something to do with that too. So to me, I just think it's far more likely that Oregon runs the table from here on out. And, and if it does, I think the fact that it would have reeled off 11 straight wins since that loss to, to Georgia and looked really good in the process is something that the committee is going to take, uh, take into account and really view favorably. What do you think the committee does with Alabama and Clemson? Do they kind of unofficially, officially eliminate them by putting them that far down the list? No, Alabama's out. You know, two lost Alabama with losses to, you know, two teams above them that probably will not go to the SEC championship game. You know, it would take some, some wackiness specifically in the SEC, and there's just not a, not a lot of time to do that, especially considering the weekend before Thanksgiving is Cupcake Saturday. So, uh, yeah, Alabama's out. I, I think Clemson's out, too. I'm, I'm less certain. I'm still pretty positive, but I'm less certain just because a one-loss ACC champ, if Clemson wins, it'll have a win over North Carolina, which the, the, the committee's going to view favorably. But it, it would still take a lot of dominoes for Clemson to get in. And, look, we've seen crazy stuff like that happen before, um, but – it was almost like Clemson is a paper tiger. I think we all sort of thought that going into to the final stretch of the season, and their warts got exposed. But, you know, if they, if they run the table and beat, you know, a pretty good team in the ACC championship game and, and chaos ensues around them, I could see them slipping into, like, the fourth spot. Um, if memory serves correct, Bear, you, you don't want expansion in the college football playoffs. So is this Correct. this last weekend with Alabama losing, Clemson losing, is that kind of is that fuel for your argument that um this kind of proves that we don't need to have more than four teams involved at the end? Yeah, it does. I mean Alabama's got two losses. I don't care how talented it is. You know, that those losses count. And and like I said, the landscape of college football changes from year to year. I like that. And that's why I don't like automatic bids because we get to judge the season based on the season. I don't like, the same thing. I don't like divisions in baseball. I don't like conferences in, in football. I, I want to see the best teams regardless of geography or conference. I don't care where they come from. <laughs> um, so yeah, it does. Uh, but <laughs> Andrew, it is election day. I have conceded that, that, that race. Yeah. So to speak, <laughs> I am a politician who has said, you know what? Y'all win. I'm going to step back. You're all wrong, but I'm not going to run on that issue anymore. Well, so are you now campaigning for eight or 12? Like, how far have you gone in giving up and realizing that something is inevitable? <laughs> I'm campaigning for I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Now, we're trying to figure out, are you an Auburn grad? Yes, I went to Auburn. I grew up playing or going to Auburn games. Family went to Auburn, all that. Stuff. So as an Auburn alum, who do you want the next head coach to be? I want it to be Dion Lane or Hugh Freeze. I think a bold statement would be Dion or Lane. In Dion's case, I mean, look, Auburn's devoid of talent. If you go watch Auburn play this year, I mean, it's like JV versus varsity against halfway decent teams. Like, go back and watch the Arkansas game. Like, the size, speed, talent for Arkansas was significantly better. Dion would raid the transfer portal. He has the ability to market through NIL, um, and it would send a shockwave through the SEC. Lane would kind of do the same thing. Um, and I think Lane would, would be interested. Hugh Freeze, I, look, I, it, would, it would depend on if the, the powers that be at Auburn, and we all know how dysfunctional that place is, mm. uh, give him enough power. And I think they would because no matter who they pick, it's going to be the decision and it's going to be somebody 
that the boosters approve of. Brian Harson did not get boosters approval. In fact, he was viewed, and he and Alan Green, the former AD, went to choose him specifically to buck the system, so to speak. No matter who the head coach is, the, the powers that be are going to sign off on it. And if that's the case, then they're certainly more likely to give that coach more ability to run the program the way he sees fit. Everything you said about Dion makes sense. I'm fascinated in general about him being a you know high-end FBS head coach. But it just specific to Auburn, and you just laid out how Brian Harson was the out-of-the-box, buck-the-system kind of pick. Can you do that again with Dion? Because Dion would, to me, is not the same, but it's similar where there's not necessarily SEC roots, and you'd be taking a big swing on a guy that maybe doesn't translate the way we think he's going to to that level. I think that he would fit because in this day and age, he checks boxes that need to be checked that Brian Harson didn't, the, the transfer portal. Um, bringing in guys locally that can coach. You know, I think he, he did that at Jackson State, and he would do that at Auburn. Um, I, I think Carnell Williams would stay on campus, and I feel so happy for Carnell Williams for getting to be the interim coach because that dude deserves it. Uh, but he would bring in guys who, full energy guys, with ties to the South, with ties to recruiting, that understand that in this day and age you've got to sell NIL, even though you're not technically supposed to, you still sell NIL. Um, and you sell playing time, you sell whatever you need to to get players in the transfer portal. So I think that it would be – I think Auburn wants to make a bold statement. I, I don't necessarily think it knows exactly how to do that yet, and that's what the final month of the season is, is what they're going to try to sort out is, is how do you actually go out on a limb without necessarily hurting the – future of your program how do you go on a, out on a limb in terms of making a splash but still have stability within your program and i think Dion would do that by the way barrett and last one what's the industry kind of opinion on brian harson right now like do people acknowledge it was just not the right fit and they won't hold us against him and he'll have a new job fairly soon or is there some hesitation about hiring him again as a head coach soon yeah he'll get a job uh, out west you know somewhere pac 12 mountain west something like that like he's um that's for Tizar, and I think that he was not ready for what the SEC demanded. Uh, there's a reason that his name was tied to some vacancies last year. Not necessarily that he was being considered, but maybe he was looking for some ways to get out. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, out west, totally fine. He'll get a job, whether it be in the Pac-12, Mountain West, wherever. Um, he's still desirable. It just was a terrible, terrible fit. Barrett, as always, thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Andrew. See you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Uh, 